0: This episode of GNL Voice is sponsored by our friends at Skywire, innovators in the point of sale, spa, and mobile marketing space, providing you solutions for all of your hospitality needs. Learn more at skywire.com. Welcome to GNL Voice, the podcast that hopes to enlighten, entertain, and connect you to the inside world of the gaming and hospitality industry. I'm your host, John Getz, and this podcast is the second in the history of gaming series and something I'm calling the Magnet Moguls. So I looked up Magnet in Webster's and it had three definitions. Number one, a person of great influence, importance, or standing in a particular enterprise, field, or business. Number two, a person of eminence or distinction in any field. And number three, a member of the former upper house in either the Polish or Hungarian parliament. Okay. And mogul. That had two definitions. An important, powerful, or influential person. A tycoon, executive, or a king. The second one was a bump or a mound of hard snow on a ski slope. Well, that didn't make much sense. It's kind of a circular definition, though with some offshoots that just don't make a bit of sense for us unless we're skiing in the Hungarian Alps. So in this podcast, I'll be talking about five magnet moguls. Five individuals, regardless of overall success or political slant, who are or was a person of great influence, importance, or standing in the gaming industry. Whether it be Las Vegas, Atlantic City, Reno, or throughout the United States, or throughout the world. And these magnet moguls will be discussed in alphabetical order, just to make sure you don't think I'm putting any preference on any one individual. Number one, Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Gary Adelson is an American business magnet, investor, and philanthropist. He's founder and chairman And chief executive officer of the Las Vegas Sands Corporation, which owns the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore, and is the parent company of the Venetian Macau Limited, which operates the Venetian Resort and Hotel Casino, and the Sands Expo and Convention Center. He owns the Israeli Daily Newspaper and the American newspaper in Las Vegas called the Las Vegas Review Journal. Sheldon had very humble roots. His father drove a taxi, and his mother ran a knitting shop. He started his business career at the age of 12 when he borrowed $200 from his uncle and purchased a license to sell newspapers in Boston. And that $200 back then would be worth 2700 in today's dollars. And then again at the age of 16 in 1948, he borrowed $10,000 from his uncle again to start a candy vending machine business. So he started from humble roots. He started his own businesses, starting at the age of 12. In the late 1970s, Adelson and his partners developed the Comdex trade shows for the computer industry, beginning in 1979. And it was the premier computer trade show through much of the 1980s and 90s. How many of you remember Comdex? In 1988, Adelson and his partners purchased the historic Sands Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. You know, the former hangout of Frank Sinatra and and the Rat Pack. And the following year, Adelson and his partners constructed the Sands Expo and Convention Center. Then, it was the only privately owned and operated convention center in the U.S. In 1991, while honeymooning in Venice with his second wife, Miriam, Adelson found the inspiration for the mega resort and hotel, the Venetian He raised the sands to dust and spent $1.5 billion to construct the Venetian, a Venice-themed hotel and casino that is the star of the Las Vegas Strip. The Venetian opened on May 3, 1999. In 2003, the Venetian added the 1,000-suite Venezia Tower, giving the hotel 4,049 suites, 18 restaurants, and a shopping mall with canals, gondolas, and singing gondoliers. And then in the late 2000s, Adelson and his company built casinos in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And then later on, the Venetian Macau, the seventh largest building in the world by floor space. Adelson spearheaded a major project to bring the Sands name to Macau, the Chinese gambling city that had been the Portuguese colony until December 1999. The 1 million square foot Sands Macau became the People Republic of China's first Las Vegas style casino when it opened in May 2004. He recovered his initial $265 million investment in one year, and because he owned 69% of the stock, he increased his wealth when he took the stock public in 2004. Since the opening of the Sands Macau, Adelson's personal wealth has multiplied more than 14 times. In 2006, Adelson's Las Vegas Sands was awarded a hotly contested license to construct a casino resort in Singapore's Marina Bay. The new casino, Marina Bay Sands, opened in 2010 at a rumored cost of $5.5 billion. Forbes magazine has a special scale called the Self-Made Scale where a ranking of 1 is being someone who inherited all of their wealth, and a 10 being a fortune was made through hard work, sweat, and persistence. Forbes' self-made scale score for Adelson is a 10. And as a reference, when they say 10, they say self-made, who not only grew up poor, but also overcame obstacles, And their example is Oprah Winfrey. A quote attributed to Allison is very enlightening, and I really like it. It goes like this. An entrepreneur is born with a mentality to take risks, though there are several important characteristics. Courage, faith in yourself, and above all, even when you fail to learn from failure and to get up and try again. Next is Benny Binion. Benny was a coin toss for me. He could have been in the first podcast about the interestingly infamous, but the more I learned about him, I thought he was better fit for this category. Lester Ben Binion was an American gaming icon, career criminal, and convicted murderer who established illegal gambling operations in Dallas-Fort Worth and then relocated to Nevada to start Binion's Horseshoe. He was born on November 20, 1904, in Pilot Grove, Texas, and he died on December 5, 1989, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Binion's FBI file reveals a criminal history dating back to 1924, listing offenses such as theft, carrying concealed weapons, and two murder convictions. Binion moved to El Paso when he was 18, where he began moonshining. And a year later, he moved to Dallas, where he again set up a moonshining operation, for which he was twice convicted. In addition to his moonshining, in 1928, he opened up an even more lucrative business in running numbers. In 1931, Binion was convicted of shooting and killing an African-American rum runner, Frank Bolding, cowboy style. And this was the origin of Binion's cowboy nickname. Binion received a two-year suspended sentence for that killing. In 1936, Benny Binion established a network of private dice games at several Dallas hotels, including the Southland Hotel in downtown Dallas. This came to be known as the Southland Syndicate. By the end of 1936, Binion had gained control of most of the gambling operations in Dallas. Later in 1936, Binion and one of his henchmen killed some of their competition, emptying pistols into him, and he allegedly shot himself in the shoulder and and turned himself in to the police, claiming that he had been shot first. Binion was indicted, but the indictment was later dismissed on grounds that Binion had acted in self-defense. In the early 1940s, Binion had become the reigning mob boss of Dallas. Binion started many of the standard giveaways that you see in Las Vegas today. He was responsible for many firsts. For example, he was the first in the downtown area called Glitter Gulch to replace sawdust covered floors with carpeting. He was the first to dispatch limousines to transport customers to and from the casino. He was the first to offer free drinks to casino players. And although comps were standard for high rollers, Binion was the first to give them to all players. Binion said he followed a simple philosophy when serving his customers. Good food, good whiskey cheap, and a good gamble. Binion was known to be very generous to his patrons. After all, he was the first one to give everyone free drinks. For many years, the Binion's Horseshoe had a late-night $2 steak special which most of the meat came from his Binion's cattle ranches in Montana. The Horseshoe is also believed to be the first major casino to offer a hundred times odds at Craps. And for a while, the Horseshoe was one of the most profitable casinos in Las Vegas. And for you cowboys in the audience, and native Las Vegans, you know, every December something comes to town. The National Final Rodeo. That is courtesy of Benny Binion. Number three on our list, William Fisk Hera. He was an American businessman and the founder of Harris Hotel and Casinos, which is now part of Caesars Entertainment. Bill Hera was born in South Pasadena, California, and he was the son of an attorney and a politician, John Herra. And from his early years, Bill Hera was a driven individual. When the car his father bought him was stolen and stripped, he vowed to his sister that one day he would own a duplicate of every automobile his family ever owned. And now, in Reno, Nevada, there's the William F. Hera Automobile Museum, and it's quite a sight to be seen. He studied mechanical engineering at UCLA, but he was forced to drop out when the Great Depression hit in the 1920s. And soon began to work at the various family businesses, including a pool hall, a hot dog stand, a shooting gallery, and a bingo-style operation called the Reno Game. Bingo was illegal in California, but games of skill bingo, bingo was illegal in California, but games of skill, based on bingo, were legal. The Reno game was shut down several times by local authorities, but each time, lawyer John Hara, Bill Hara's father, would get his permit reinstated. Still, the cost of doing business was high. When 20-year-old Bill told his father that he should get rid of the shills and put more money into the business, John challenged him to run the operation himself. Bill is said to have said, Dad, that would suit me just fine and paid his father $500 for the business, then headed down to the pier and fired all of the shills. In the course of just three years, Harris made $100 a $100-a-week game into a $25,000-a-year a profit center. However, Bill grew tired of fighting the politicians and wanted his operations legitimate, so he moved to Reno. On October 29, 1937, he opened his first club at 124 North Center Street in Reno, Nevada, called Hera's Club Bingo. Bill Hera was involved with many aspects of gaming. And in 1955, he helped organize the Nevada Gaming Control Board. And in 59, he worked with the legislature to help create the even stronger Gaming Commission to rid the state's casinos of corruption. Bill Hera was known for his relations with both his customers and employees, he was the first to invite African-American entertainers to perform in his casinos and welcomed all races. He removed the color and sexual barriers by hiring women dealers and also other employees, regardless of skin or gender. The main theater in Harris Reno was named Sammy's Showroom after entertainer Sammy Davis Jr. And if you go to the car museum, you'll see a replica Duesenberg of Sammy Davis Jr.'s. The University of Nevada, Las Vegas, has named their Hotel Administration College after him, the William F. Harrah College of Hotel Administration. In November 2010, Harrah's Entertainment Incorporated changed their corporate name because they believed Caesars provided a better international name recognition. Two years later, desperate for cash, an initial public offering on the NASDAQ stock exchange took place with the symbol CZR. Then in early 2015, the casino portion of the company filed for bankruptcy. Today, Caesars Entertainment includes several casino brands. They include two Bally properties, three Caesars properties, 17 Harrah's properties, Six horseshoe properties, 16 international properties, and eight other casino resorts. Bill Hara has left his legacy on the gaming industry. With tighter controls, better working conditions, and a name brand that everyone knows, today, Caesar's Entertainment employs more than 33,000 workers worldwide, has 4.7 billion in annual revenues, and. $12.2 billion in assets. Number four on our list. Donald J. Trump. You all know who he is. Casino mogul, president of the United States. What else can you do? Donald Trump was born on June 14, 1946 in New York City. Donald Trump began purchasing properties along the Atlantic City Boardwalk in the early 1980s and received a casino license from the New Jersey Casino Control Commission on March 15, 1982. He planned to build his own casino on the boardwalk, but was stalled on that project when Mike Rose, the CEO of Holiday Inn, and Harris, approached him to manage construction of a Holiday Inn casino hotel. It opened in May 1984 and two years later, Trump bought out Holiday Inn shares in the property and renamed it to Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. In 1988, Trump purchased the unfinished Taj Mahal property from Resorts International for $230 million after negotiations with Merv Griffin, in which the two men divided the assets of the failing company. The casino, at the time, was Atlantic City's largest and would eventually cost almost $1 billion by the time it opened in 1990. Trump Entertainment Resorts and its predecessors have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection four times in 1991 following the construction of the $1 billion Trump Taj Mahal and in 2004, 2009, and 2014. In October 10, 2016, the Trump Taj Mahal, the company's last operating property, closed for the final time. Finally, Magnet Mogul Number 5, Steve Wynn. Steve Allen Wynn was born on January 27, 1942, in New Haven, Connecticut. His net worth is $3 billion as of 2019, and he resides in Las Vegas, Nevada. And little does too many people know, but he has a dual citizenship. He the United States and Monaco. Casino magnate Steve Wynn has created some of Las Vegas' most notable landmarks, including the Mirage, the Treasure Island, the Bellagio, and the Wynn Las Vegas, and now the Encore. He is the son of an East Coast bingo parlor operator, And Wynn took over the struggling businesses of his father when he died in 1967, when he moved to Las Vegas. Now, if you remember back when I was talking about Sheldon Adelson, Forbes had a score for the self-made man. Sheldon Adelson was giving a score of 10. Steve Wynn has been given a score of 8. A self-made man who comes from a middle or upper class background. And like Sheldon Adelson's score of 10 was... Similar to Oprah Winfrey, Steve Wynn's score of 8 is ranked with Mark Zuckerberg. In 1967, Steve Wynn moved to Las Vegas, where he renovated and expanded the tired and shabby Golden Nugget Las Vegas with great success and attracted a new upscale clientele to downtown. Steve Wynn is often attributed to rebuilding the Las Vegas downtown area. And after acquiring interests in several other casinos, Wynn built the Mirage on the Strip, featuring some of the most luxurious accommodations at the time and eye-opening entertainment in town. His second high-end casino, the Bellagio, included an artificial lake and a gallery that housed museum-quality artworks. The Bellagio is credited with leading the resurgence of Las Vegas as a luxury destination for wealthy travelers. In the 1990s. Steve Wynn has had influence across the world and across the United States in the gaming industry. Wynn successfully bid for one of the three gaming concessions in Macau, a former Portuguese colony and now a special administrative region of China. Macau has a long history of gaming and is the largest gaming market in the world having surpassed Las Vegas in 2006. Wynn's property, known as Wynn Macau, opened on September 5, 2006. A year later, Wynn Macau underwent a significant expansion, increasing retail amenities, food and beverage, and gaming space. And in 2008, Wynn Macau became the fifth Asian hotel to receive the Mobile Five Star Award, So there you have it. Love them, hate them, immortalize them. But regardless, these five magnets influence the face of gaming throughout the world. You have to admit that. This has been another podcast of GNO Voice. Please like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting tool. This is your host, John Getz. Until next time.